You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Together today is just a little bit different. We've intentionally just kind of mixed up the order of service a little bit. So we'll keep you guessing. We'll probably do things at, at different times than you're accustomed to. But don't worry, by the end of the service, we'll get it all in. There'll be some times where uh, the kids will come and help participate in, in leading us in something. Just a few surprises along the way. Uh, nothing that'll be harmful to anyone. So I, I promise that. You know, you can just don't, don't feel like, oh, no, maybe we should leave now. It is a great day to have a great day. So with that in mind, uh, that we're having a different kind of service, uh, we're going to go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And while they're coming, um, let me just talk a minute about uh, worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings. When we offer uh, to the Lord our tithes and our offerings, it's not just checklist. Uh, if we give this, we can make sure that we have lights when we come to church. But it's much more than that. When we Giving back to the Lord is truly an act of worship. And when we give back, we're saying, Father God, I recognize that everything I have comes from you. Nothing I have really belongs to me. You've given it to me. Oh, you're the great provider. And so today, as I give back of my portion, just my portion, my tithe, my offering, I'm doing so as an act of worship, and I'm acknowledging that you are the provider and that you have provided all things for me. And so with thankfulness, I give back to you. We don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. We give with grateful hearts. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to pray over our our offering. Father God, uh, we do. This morning, we acknowledge who you are. We acknowledge that you are the great provider. You provide all things for us. And Father God, with that in mind, today as we give of our tithes and offerings, we do with uh, thankfulness, we do so with grateful hearts, and we do as an act of worship. And we ask that as we give, that you would take what we give and you would use it to cause your kingdom to grow, but you would also expand us in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, So, with a family service this morning, it would seem appropriate that we would uh, hear uh, a message, not for me. Notice I'm not wearing the headset today. I get, I get a little bit of a break. I'm here, but we're going to hear a shared message today from Pastor Nick and Pastor Mallory, our children's pastor and our student ministries pastor. You've heard from Pastor Nick before. I'm not sure how many of you may have heard from Pastor Mallory, but I heard first service and knocked it out of the ballpark, but they both did. So we're going to be challenged and we're going to be inspired. The message focus is um, helping us as we think. So we come to the end of 2018, and so we reflect back, but we're also, I'm sure, thinking ahead. We're making plans. We're planning diets that we hope this year we... You make it in, you know, um, just all kinds of things, you know, the, the routine. But we also want to plan for how do we spiritually move through the new year. So we're talking about moving into our future very intentionally. So um, the message that they're going to be bringing is a passage in Psalm 37, and I'm going to read it to you in just a moment. And from that, uh, that passage, uh, Pastor Nick and Pastor Mallory are going to pull six lessons, six spiritual life lessons that will help us as we plan uh, for movement into 2019. So let me find it. (laughs) Don't you love it that we don't have to be perfect? I do. Uh, Beginning in uh, chapter 37, verse 3. 
says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil, for evil men will be cut off. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And it's from that that we're going to pull six great spiritual life lessons. So, Pastor Nick, would you come and could you join me in welcoming him to the platform? Good morning, everyone. I felt because it was Family Sunday, uh, I could probably get away with wearing my jersey today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a huge college football fan. Uh, more importantly, I am a Florida fan, so if you saw the game or heard anything about our game yesterday, you know it is a worthy day to wear this jersey. Uh, some weeks it could feel like a, a scarlet letter. Today it feels like a badge of honor, so uh, I'm in a good mood. I don't know if you could tell, but... Um, but going into that, I was watching the game yesterday, but I was still kind of thinking about the message this morning and kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk about. So I think because of that, when I was watching the game, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of the two coaches. Um, for one team, Florida, you had a great coach who had a great year. You know, he made some mistakes. They had some bad wins, some great, bad, great wins, bad losses. Um, but a lot of different things that he didn't expect happening this year, um, but overall had a really good year. And then on the other team, poor Michigan, uh, they had a coach who pretty much went in to his job with all these different expectations for what he was going to be able to do. And he's had a pretty tough time there. Um, they've had some really upsetting losses and things just haven't been going well for him. So I'm thinking about these two coaches and I'm thinking, both of these guys had ups and downs over the year. Both of these guys have another season next year to look forward to. And yet they both had to still focus on this game they were about to play. And neither of them knew what was going to happen in the game. No one knew the details. No one knew the outcome. Except as coaches, they knew that it wasn't an option to go in unprepared. And I think that's kind of something that we can look at when we go about life. You know, we know what happened in the past, but we can't change it. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, and yet we all have a responsibility to try to prepare appropriately, to try to prepare responsibly, intentionally. So when we're looking at this scripture, when we're looking at these passages, what lessons can we pull from it that even though we don't know what the future holds for us, how do we plan intentionally for it? And the first lesson we pull actually comes from that first verse in it. And that first statement says, trust in the Lord. So lesson number one when it comes to planning for the future is trust God completely and to stay calm and confide in him. And so I'm thinking about that, and I got a gift for Christmas, which Pastor Mallory is going to gift to me again. Thank you. If you're a kid here today, who's ever seen one of these before? Who's ever played with one of these before? If you're not a kid and you're older who's played with one of these before, a lot more of those hands than the younger ones. But I got this for Christmas, and my wife was actually giving me a hard time with it because uh, I knew I wasn't going to put the effort or the time in to try to figure this thing out. So I did what any 
responsible person would do, and I printed out the directions, and I started trying to figure out how I can go about solving this Rubik's Cube. Uh, and my wife gives me a hard time. She's like, you know that's cheating. And I'm like, I think I'm okay with that. I think if the Rubik's Cube is what I cheat in in life, then I'm doing okay. Um, but so I'm going about, and I'm reading the directions, and I'm following the instructions, and it's showing me how to turn different sides, how to hold it, and sometimes it just doesn't look right. Sometimes I'm going about the instructions, and I'm just like, this can't be what I'm supposed to be doing. But I keep at it, and sure enough, sometimes it leads me to the right direction. But then there's other times where I just start kind of doubting the instructions, and I'm just like, I just need to move it the way I think is right, and I start to believe I have a pretty good handle on the situation, and the next thing I know, I take something that looks like it's supposed to be good, and I make it worse than when I actually started. Um, but I think this is something that we can take and just apply to our lives in general. You see, we have a God that we know that we can put our faith and trust in. And in Romans, it even tells us that God works all things for the good of those who love him. So sometimes we're going about life and we end up having a tendency to want to take matters into our own hands. You know, when things don't seem to be going well, we, we want to take control and we want to try to maneuver life so that we can have a handle on the situation. But when we try to think we're in control and when we try to put matters into our own hands, chances are we end up in a place that God never intended us to be. But even when things get kind of uncertain or even when we don't know if things seem like they're supposed to be going right, what we can always do is make sure that we're putting our trust in God and having faith in him, having faith in his plan and knowing that he's going to work everything out for the better good, that he has a plan for our life that's better than anything that we could ever expect for ourselves. So when we're trying to figure out what the year is going to hold, we just have to make sure that we're trusting in God and knowing that he is in control and he's going to have a plan that's better than anything we could ever imagine. Lesson number two also comes from that verse three. Because verse three, um, Psalm 37 verse three says, trust in the Lord and do good. So we're supposed to be making sure that we do good and actively engage in serving others. Repeat after me, do good. We need to always be looking for opportunities to try to serve other people. I heard a stat this year that um, has really stuck with me. I heard a pastor speaking one time, and he said that 9 out of 10 Christians living in America never actually find their purpose in life. And what that means is that we as Christians living in America, we have a tendency to start a relationship with God, accept Jesus as our Savior, we get plugged into a church, but more times than not, we never realize that God has a bigger purpose for our lives that's bigger than ourselves. That God has given us gifts, God has given us talents, and God has given us a purpose. And that he wants to use us to try to reach a world that doesn't know him yet. You see, the great thing about faith in Jesus Christ is once we're reconciled with God, once we start a relationship with God, it doesn't just stop there, but God wants to use you for something bigger. God wants to use every single one of us to try to reach a world that doesn't know him yet. So even though we don't necessarily know what we're supposed to be doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next year, what we do know is that we can, we can plan 
and be prepared to try to express God's character, that we can be used by God to try to serve other people. In fact, when Jesus was hanging out with his disciples before he went to the cross, what did he do? He washed their feet. He gave them an example of what it means to serve other people. And that's something that we can do as individuals, but as a church as well. You know, I, I work with the students a lot, but I also work with the local outreach for our church. And I got to tell you, this past year has been amazing just watching how we as a church family have been able to try to reach out to the East Lincoln community. So I just wanted to uh, take a minute and just share with you some of the things that we can celebrate from this past year. In 2018, we as a church family were able to take 50 of our members and go to the Lakewood Care Center. And we helped just love on the residents and staff there, and we helped kind of beautify their facilities. We raised over 1,300 pounds of canned food for East Lincoln Christian Ministries so that they could provide in their pantry for families who can't necessarily afford to go grocery shopping. Over Thanksgiving, we put together 100 Thanksgiving dinners between our local schools and East Lincoln Christian Ministries so that families had a dinner over the holidays. We provided bikes for the Hesed House. We actually put them together here at church and dropped them off so that people that are in between jobs had some kind of transportation to go to and from interviews. And then over Christmas, if you guys remember, we had an angel tree uh, here where we were providing gifts for 45 families through East Lincoln Christian Ministries. Not only so that they know that there's a church here that loves them, but that there's a God that loves them even more than we could. And then when we did that, we also provided 56 weeks worth of meals for families in need. And then through our local high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools, uh, we were able to provide blessing boxes, which was personalized gifts for 42 of the students in our community that we actually went out shopping for and dropped off to them to let them know, hey, there is a God that loves them. And there is a guy that's going to be there for them when other people, where they might feel like other people aren't. And the great thing about that is that when the church does those things, when we as individuals step up and do those things to serve other people, we are a reflection of God's love to the community. We get to live out what God is doing in our lives for other people. You see, our ultimate purpose in life doesn't just fall in what God can do for us, but it's also how God can use us for the bigger picture. And so when we're looking to the future, we can celebrate how God's been able to use us in the past, but we can also go into the new year expecting and asking God and looking for opportunities for God to use us to be able to serve other people. Because it's ultimately when God's able to use us for his bigger plan that we find our ultimate purpose in life. Amen? And then my final lesson that I get to share with you guys, and if the band wants to start making their way up, um, actually comes from verse 4. Um, and it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So lesson number three, find your delight in God and seek him only for your happiness. Because the thing is, we can always plan, and we can always try to be conscious of God when we're planning, when we're looking to the future, but we don't always know what the future is going to hold. You know, we can do everything right at work, but sometimes we don't get the promotion we thought we were going to. Or we can go to a financial peace class and things might still seem tight. Or, or maybe you're, you're getting ready to go to college and you get accepted to that school, but uh, it doesn't give you the fulfillment that you thought it was going to. And sometimes we look at our relationship with God and we're kind of like, God, I, I did all these things, 
Why am I not finding delight? Why, why am I not as happy as I thought I would be? But the great thing about our God is that he has a bigger purpose for our life. He knows what you were created for. You see, our, our, our delight doesn't come from the results or things that happen. Our delight doesn't come from us putting work in and seeing how it benefits us. But our delight comes from being able to be in relationship with God and being able to connect with God. And the great thing is, is that when we continue to pursue God, when we allow His Spirit to work in us, then the desires of our heart aren't just the results. The desires of our heart is that we get to become what God has created us to be. You see, when we continue to pursue God, He transforms us to the people that He created us to originally be. And when we do that, we get to celebrate because regardless of the outcomes, we know that we are honoring God through the good and the bad. All right, well, as we look to 2018, we realize it's gone quickly. It's gone quickly, and we have a whole year ahead of us to look forward to. And as we look to Psalm 37 for the six lessons that we can learn just from this short passage, uh, we recognize that things like the Lord's Prayer are spiritual fundamentals. Spiritual fundamentals that help to shape us. They're great for children's ministry because they're the fundamentals. They're the basics, right? But really for our own life, those spiritual fundamentals of reading God's Word every day, of talking with God and reminding ourselves that He's our friend, they help to shape our plans. And the Lord's Prayer is great um, to pray because it's the model prayer that Jesus gave for us. You know, in Proverbs 16:9, it talks about how a man makes his own plans, but a Lord establishes them. And so I just wanted to show you guys, I brought my marbles today. I haven't lost them yet. So that's a good news. That's good news. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, how many marbles do you think are in the jar? We'll just get a couple numbers out there. What do you think? Yeah. 600. All right. Anybody else want to give a guess? Yeah. 3,000. That's an idea. Yeah. 1,000. What do you think? 5,000. All right. There are a lot of little marbles in here, but there are exactly 936 marbles in this jar. And I always show this jar to new parents because there are 936 weeks between a child's birth and the time that they graduate high school. And at first, when you have the first little one, that feels like a lot. Like, they're going to be young forever. It's going to be very overwhelming. When is this season going to end? And then you have a kid go away to college, and you realize all the marbles are gone in a lot of different ways. Okay? So it goes really fast. But more than just in parenting, I want to show you this. This right here are 52 marbles. This represents, for each of us, the amount of weeks in a year. So it could go really quick, and if we do not intentionally plan our year, we're going to all lose these marbles, right? They're not going to really be invested in our spiritual formation or in our lives. They're going to go quick. I know for sure I've wasted some of my weeks last year. I know it. But when we can intentionally plan for the future, not only in how we invest spiritually in our kids' lives, but how we invest spiritually in our own 
we can be reminded that our time is precious and it's very important that we plan for that. And when we look to the Bible for our lessons, we know that when we commit our daily plans to him, we can allow God to order our days. We need some order in our lives. God, help us in all this chaos to find some order. We want to allow God to show us how we can make a difference in the lives closest to you. I would say if you look at social justice and all these huge topics, world hunger and the educational system, politics, don't get me started. Oh, my goodness, right? So many things. How in the world are we going to solve it all? We're not. But we can make a difference in the lives closest to us. And it starts with our families. Our families are our individual ministries. Our families, whether we have kids or not, are our spouses, our aunts, our uncles, moms, dads, kids, anybody in our lives, they are a ministry for us. And our own lives are a ministry as well. We should be fully present and ask God to show us the need. I'm pretty sure that every single person in here knows of someone that is sick, that knows of someone that's having family problems, that's going through a divorce, or they're just having some struggles. How can you immediately, how can you help to fill a need instead of just going, hmm, we're going to pray for you. But yes, we should. But what else? What else? How can we be intentional in helping to fill the needs that are right there? Uh, lesson number five that we can pull from this. I want to say a lot of people have very kindly said, how was your Christmas? And I'm like, ah, like that. Or like, ah, like, you know, um, it wasn't that great. It was great, not great, really good times, not so great times, because my husband and I were, unbeknownst to us, thrown into a social experiment. I don't know if you guys know about social experiments, but um, in parenting, I like to use phrases like social experiment, opportunities, experience, <laughs> because those are positive spins on some not-so-fun times in parenting. I don't know if you guys know how to spin it to the positive, because it makes you feel better. So um, those are good opportunities. Social experiment. Um, we had no idea in our b newly blended family this year that for Christmas, because we got uh, our youngest three, twin nine-year-old boys and an eight-year-old girl, we got them at 3 p.m. on Christmas Day, and we were counting down the minutes till we saw them. We were so excited. And they jump in the car, and they're like, Mama got us cell phones. Oh, okay. So... For about 24 hours, we kind of watched this social experiment take place of what happens when you give nine and eight-year-old cell phones. It was not okay, and it was not my favorite thing, but later in time, we course corrected some things, but we kind of watched, and we watched as they propped the phones up to brush their teeth. We watched as they attempted to eat and hold their phones. We watched as they tried to walk down the stairs holding phones. And we watched when they didn't like something and how they threw phones. Um, we watched a lot of things in the social experiment that we didn't know we were going to experience this Christmas. And, um, and, and after a while, and of course we definitely were able to um, course correct that, but after a while I thought, huh, is this how God sees me? God, my father, I'm his child. Am I constantly distracted? Am I constantly putting noise in my life? Am I always looking at a screen? Am I always listening to music? Am I always talking on the phone? Am I always talking to somebody? Am I always hearing my own voice? Is there so much going on 
is that how God sees me? And I kind of took myself out of the parenting role and I put myself in the child mode and I said, God, my father, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me to unplug a little bit. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow, God's our father. Are we letting him delight in us? And are we there to hear his voice? Be silent and rest in God. Eliminate distractions that drown out his voice. When we are conscious to practice the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude, then we can really make the most of the next 52 weeks in our lives. And I would also encourage you to wonder, can you be alone and not be lonely? It's a practice. It doesn't always come naturally. But if you can be alone and not be lonely, you're resting in the comfort that God is always with you and that he is there and will never leave you or forsake you. That the spiritual discipline that we can practice of silence and solitude. The next time you feel like you're in a social experiment in your home, remember there are good ideas and bad ideas. Take a look. And now it's time for another episode of Good Idea, Bad Idea. Well, having to thanks. Good idea. Remembering, you brought a little extra. Bad idea. Being a little extra. Good idea. What? Can I have a turn? Beating your brother in a video game. Bad idea. What? Can I have a turn? Beating your brother. Good idea. Dunking with your brother. Bad idea. Dunking your brother. There were a lot of ideas there. <laughs> the good ideas, the bad ideas. Our, our lesson six today is to refrain from anger when things don't go as planned. Unattended anger is a disastrous force. So we are going to make our plans. We're going to be intentional on our plans, but recognizing that ultimately God's in control and things are not going to go as planned, right? So according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, I don't know if you've read up on them lately. No? Okay. Um, 33% of traffic accidents are linked to road rage, which means almost a third of accidents on the road could be prevented. There are going to be things this year that come up that are going to possibly anger you, right? So uh, be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise can bring calm in the end. So be prepared. We talk about the nine fruit of the Spirit. All right, if anybody knows them, 
the fruit of the Spirit, my kiddos out there. Uh, let's say them together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Awesome. The thing about the fruit of the Spirit is they come from the Spirit of God. They're not naturally in our sinful nature. Our sinful nature is the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. So when we ask God into our life, I always say that, that we are given the seeds, right? And then through our relationship with God, we have opportunity to grow our fruit. So this year, as you have opportunities in these social experiments you may come across, we have opportunities to grow our fruit. Uh, and that would be a way to stay calm and not to, um, to be angry. And Oswald Chambers said, we are not responsible for the circumstances we are in, but we are responsible for the way we allow those circumstances to affect us. We can either allow them to get on top of us, or we can allow them to transform us into what God wants us to be. So as we plan for this future, and we take of 2019, and we take from these six lessons from Psalm 37, uh, we can use those to help us be intentional in 2019. Well, both Pastor Nick and Pastor Mallory have inspired us with six spiritual growth lessons from Psalm 37. Could we thank them for that challenge this morning? <clears throat> so we don't want to just present six lessons that we can consider. Uh, maybe we could, maybe we'll grow with these, but our challenge today is what are we going to do with them? How are we going to how are we going to enact these? How are we going to execute these in our lives? So I want to ask you some questions. Uh, if we're going to intentionally plan for the new year, I think it requires some intentional questions. And so I have four questions that I want to ask you this morning. Um, and you will probably want to ponder these at home, but you can begin to think about them now. And the first question there there in your teaching notes is which of these six lessons do you find most challenging? When you consider your own life and you consider these six lessons, which of the six lessons do you find most challenging? And as you identify that, here's what my challenge to you is. My challenge to us is that we would say, God, this is where I'm having a problem, or these areas are where I'm having problems. Now, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. As I move into the new year, I want this to be something that we work out together this year so that I can see change, that there's spiritual formation in a new way this year. So that's your first question. The second question I want to ask you, because we want to call to action, is what will you do in 2019 to, uh, uh, to, to address and move beyond these challenges? What I guess maybe the best way, was, as Pastor Mallory was teaching, my question is, what are you going to do with your 52 marbles this week? What are you going to do with your 52 weeks? What are you going to do to have intentional growth uh, so that your spiritual formation is continually growing, that you're growing inside, that you're becoming more like the Father through Jesus Christ? One of the things that I want to suggest, and maybe many of you do this, is um, create, develop a spiritual growth plan. In other words, uh, it's okay to develop a plan uh, intended for your growth in the coming year. 
uh, at Grace Covenant over the years. Pastor Farrell has taught on this, and he's led many in developing a spiritual growth plan. We want to help you with this. Maybe you've developed a spiritual growth plan before, but you've kind of fallen off the wagon, or maybe it's become very routine, and you kind of go through the motions, or maybe you've never done it before, but we want to help you be renewed or find this brand new. And so on Wednesday night, January 16th, uh, my wife, Cammie, will be here at the campus, and she will teach uh, about a one-hour and 15-minute session on how to develop a spiritual growth plan. It's very practical. Um, It's not... um, task heavy, but it's about you and your relationship with God and how do you pursue very intentionally that relationship. So you'll hear more about this, but mark on your calendars, January 16th, it's a Wednesday night, um, how to develop a spiritual growth plan. Uh, here's the third question I, I want to ask you. We want to call to call us all to accountability. So who or what can you partner with to help you in the process? I know for me, when I am moving into something that's a big change in my life, I do best when I share that first with someone. Because what I'm doing is I'm making myself vulnerable and I'm making myself accountable to someone. I know that that person at any time could say, how are you doing with what you shared with me? And then I I have to tell the truth. Either I'm doing good or I'm not doing so good. So I want to ask you today, who will you partner with to help hold you accountable for your spiritual growth in the coming year? We can help you with that. Next Sunday, January 6th, we have our uh, grace group, our life group launch here uh, at East Lincoln. And if you have never... If you are not currently or if you've never been part of a small group Bible study, a small group that gathers together for intentional spiritual growth, I want to ask you, will you take that step? Will you look over all the groups? We have some great groups that we're offering. And I know that joining a group can be intimidating. It can be a little scary. You think, maybe I don't have time. I can't afford the time. How can you afford not to do it? Because something happens when you join in with others and you begin to share uh, life together. You begin to share the word together. You begin to share your highs and your lows together. And there's a group of people around you who can encourage you, who suddenly one day you need to hear something. And someone calls you with a scripture for you or a, a, a word that the Lord planted in their heart. And they were part of your small group. And so we have a great offering of small groups. And so we want to encourage you. Let that be one of the ways that you're called to accountability. And then we want to call to commitment. So the final question is, uh, how will you be intentional about this process? When will you begin the process? And very simply with that, I do best when I say, this is what I'm going to do, and this is when I'm going to do it. And I put a date to it. I put a mark to it. I put something there that would uh, cause me to say, I'm holding myself accountable, and no later than this date, I'm going to do something about this. And so I want to encourage you, and this is only something that you can decide, but when will you become intentional about what you're doing? Maybe it's that you say, I'm going to, on January 6th, I'm going to commit to a, a, a grace group. Or maybe you say, on January 16th, I'm going to come and learn how to do a, a spiritual growth plan. Whatever it might be, I would encourage you to do that. So I want to pray over us as we uh, take this time to commit it to the Lord. And then Lisa's going to come and just tell us some great things that are going on here. 
Uh, Father God, thank you for all that's happened in this service today. Thank you that we can do things differently and have fun and we can still learn from you and grow in our spiritual walk. And today, um, as we have been challenged to be intentional about how we move into the new year, I ask that you would help us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our life and our heart to help us move into the new year, embracing new things so that we might grow up in you in ways like never before. And we commit this to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.